Poso maoni work, wai wainan kitana ni mua e hioski pietaia pos nohtaman e hiom MITW podcast. A hiospis pietaia pos nopi nohtaman e ne hisikimaka e hioso matname neho kihi. Welcome to the Menominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin podcast. We are your hosts, Gary Dodge. And Sheena Wapus. On this episode, we are joined by Vaughn Bowles, Public Information Officer for the Menominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin. I would like to remind people that we request that you send in your COVID-19 related questions into us at podcast.mitw.org. Welcome, Vaughn. Hello, guys. Um, so, Vaughn, can you talk about um, the upcoming emergency order or maybe... What's what's going on with that this week? Yeah, so incident command met this week, um, and we're putting out um, today essentially order number nine. It was it was approved by the legislature yesterday. Uh, what this does is it will essentially bring the tribal departments um, and various businesses uh, in the community back to fifty percent capacity for um, for running. An exception to this is the hotels. Uh, there, we've asked that they operate at a twenty-five percent capacity still um, for this time. Another major update with this is that uh, the curfew that has been implemented on the reservation is going to expire. Um, that'll be tomorrow on the twenty-fourth at six a.m. Um, and so, from here on out uh, until or if uh, cases spike again, you know we won't have a curfew on the reservation. Um, that said. Uh, order number three with like the mask mandates for anyone over the age of five or doing business in any of the tribal offices um, is still in place. Tribal employees will still be asked to, you know, physically distance themselves from each other. Um, and since, you know, we're going to have employees coming back into the buildings, we're asking that they don't congregate in things like break rooms um, just so we don't spread any sort of diseases and we can try to keep that, um, you know, spread of COVID low. So in, in addition to, to staying out of the, the the common spaces and stuff, you know, we ask employees, make sure they're they're doing their hand washing um, with soap and water um, or using hand sanitizer when soap and water aren't available and, you know, avoid large gatherings. Um, it has been discussed that meetings and stuff will continue to be um, virtual, even within the building, um, just so we don't get too many people in a space since we do have kind of a high um, burden of COVID currently. Okay, so with us um, going back, if if uh, the COVID uh, spikes again, um, will there be a possible shelter in place and will there be daytime curfew and will the tribal police be enforcing it? Yeah, so that is absolutely a possibility. Um, right now, the, the number of new cases has kind of leveled off. We're kind of maintaining a fairly high infection rate. Um, but yes, if it if it increases from where it currently is, uh, we could definitely see a shelter in place order that would be enforced by you know the tribal police and conservation, um, and that would entail you know curfews for daytime hours as well, and only uh, restrict travel to essential things. What is essential travel? So essential travel includes things like uh, mandatory travel for work, um, seeking medical attention or protection from law enforcement. Uh, obtaining food, showing up for any sort of mandated court appearances like um, jury duty. I'm not sure if they're running jury duty right now, but it would be jury duty. Um, and then, you know, 
if you are traveling, you really want to consider your transportation method um, and the, the level of risk that might be associated with that. Um, obviously, traveling in your car by yourself is probably your safest bet at this point. If you're with family and friends, um, you know, it increases the risk level. Or let me let me step back. If you're with family in your immediate household, um, there's a slight increase to risk just because you're still sharing the same air. Um, if you're getting a ride from a friend though, that significantly increases the risk because you don't know who they may have been exposed to. Um, also public transportation, buses, airplanes, things like that, um, where there's a high degree of contact with individuals um, who are not in your immediate family, where you're sharing the same air um, and have difficulty uh, social distancing, definitely increase the risk of travel. So, Are the tribe's COVID uh, restrictions for tribal members only or are they in effect for everyone? So technically the tribe as a sovereign nation has jurisdiction over its tribal members, um, its tribal departments, as well as, you know, any tribally owned businesses, or um, it also has influence over businesses on tribal lands. So can we technically say to the subway, you have to do this? Um, there's been legal questions about that. Um, we do know that, you know, since they are on sovereign land, um, we can say, you know what? We have a mask mandate. There's also a statewide mask mandate. Your employees need to be wearing mask mandates. And if not, you can be subject to fines. Um, so it does have limited um, jurisdiction over kind of entities that are in its sphere of influence. <clears throat> so, um, Vaughn, are there places that are set up um, for people or for tribal members to isolate themselves if they become infected? Yeah, the tribe currently owns, I believe it's three different houses um, that are being used as COVID isolation facilities right now. Um, they can accommodate, you know, I believe it's between six and I'm going to say conservatively 10 individuals per house. Um, and they, they are being used right now for some of our, our tribal members that uh, don't have the ability to isolate themselves in their home and, and recover. So, yes, we do have them. Yes, they're currently in operation. Um, okay, and if someone doesn't go to another location to isolate, what are the best practices for them to protect other household members from becoming infected? Yeah, so the CDC actually has recommendations out um, about uh, trying to self-isolate in your home. Uh, basically, it means you're obviously restricting yourself and your movement in your house. Um, if you have a bedroom that's, you know, kind of farther away from other places that are frequently used in the house, kitchens, living rooms, things like that, they'd like you to stay there. If it's possible um, that you can isolate yourself from a common restroom, um, they also recommend that. Uh, I know it's kind of difficult at times if you have either a large family or a small house to, you know, distance yourself from your families. But those are kind of the recommendations. Um, they also recommend things like staggering um, times when you eat. Um, so you're not sharing the same space at the same time. Um, so yeah, uh, you can go to the CDC website and, and check out more of that if you need any other additional tips or, or information. But that's that's essentially the gist of it. So last week you talked about vitamins um, as treatment for COVID or possible like a helpful thing. Um, is that helpful for prevention for COVID? Like, is it helpful for me as a healthy person to take these supplements? I think you mentioned zinc and vitamin D. Yeah. So we have talked about vitamins and supplements and stuff. going to throw it out there right now for everyone 
that vitamins and supplements, you know, they're not regulated by the FDA. They are not known to be a cure for COVID. That said, there is scientific evidence that talks about how various vitamins and minerals impact your immune system. Um, they're still doing research into how those specific vitamins interact with and affect COVID. Um, but they, they do know that um, specifically with vitamin D, if you have a deficiency, it leads to um, immune dysfunction. So it doesn't work quite as well. Similarly, um, zinc, uh, if you don't have enough of that, plays a vital role in the signal pathway for how your immune system works. And so if you don't have enough zinc, um, messages don't get communicated through the immune system quite as quickly. Um, and so it just affects your ability to um, combat the virus the way your, your body naturally would. Um, so just saying, if you are immune or not immune deficient, well, if you're immune deficient, it's going to be hard on you. But if you're vitamin deficient um, or nutrient deficient, your body's going to have a harder time fighting off the virus. Um, ideally, you're either eating, you know, fruits, vegetables, a nutritious diet that gives you that balance and blend of vitamins and nutrients that you need. Um, if you are deficient or think you might need be deficient, that's when you may want to take supplements. But, um, you know, we can't say go out and buy supplements right now. Okay. Um, is that maybe why some people seem to be like barely affected by COVID-19 when they're in, in, infected or, you know, in, in contrast to people who get really, really sick? Is that maybe something that affects that? That definitely could have a hand in it. Um, to be honest, they don't know why, you know, one person in a, in a household may be completely asymptomatic um, while someone has a really severe case. They don't know. Um, you know, they know that age um, and overall health have an effect on how well you're able to deal with the virus. Um, it also deals with the specific type of strain of COVID that you get. Um, they've found that the different mutations um, cause different levels of severity. Um, and so you may just have a strain that is um, less problematic for your body to, to fight off, but they don't know yet. They're, they're still trying to nail down why some people deal with it so much better than, than others. Yeah. Cause I've definitely heard stories of, like you said, members of the same household, one person gets sick, they basically don't experience any symptoms at all. And then another person gets like pneumonia and has to go to the right, hospital. Right. And they, they've, you know, they've had patients that are, you know, in their eighties and nineties that fight off the virus just fine. And when they, they, you know, in contrast to that, you know, we've had individuals in their twenties, thirties, and forties that have passed away from it. And so there's still a lot we don't know about the virus. Um, <clears throat> so last, I think it was last week, the days kind of blend together, but I think it was last week, um, in one of the videos from the MTL members, um, it was mentioned that the reservation has the highest burden of COVID-19 cases in the state. Has that improved this week or stayed the same? So that would be correct statistically. Right now, um, we have the highest number of COVID-19 cases per 100,000 individuals. Um, we obviously don't have 100,000 individuals that live on a reservation, um, but that's just kind of the statistical benchmark for how they track things like this. Um, and in in addition to that, uh, the the surrounding 
counties are also extremely high right now. So we have 5,612 cases per 100,000. Brown County has 5,376 cases per 100,000. Shano has 5,170 per 100,000. And so does O'Connell County. Um, so it's not like it's not like we're this isolated pocket of you know, disease. Um, it's kind of diffused around us and it is high in this area right now. Now, that said, um, Milwaukee and Brown County have had the highest total number of cases overall. Um, and in addition to that, Milwaukee, Racine, and Waukesha counties have had the highest number of COVID-related deaths. So we haven't had any COVID deaths on the reservation right now. We have had tribal members that have lived in other counties that have passed away from it, um, but we haven't had any deaths in our immediate vicinity. We really like to keep it that way, and that's part of the reason we're trying to keep the spread as low as possible, um, because even though they're finding um, that the fatality rate is has decreased from what we initially estimated, um, it still opens the possibility up for people um, having to fight this off needlessly and and potentially passing away from it. So that's why we're trying to keep that low. Um, in that same vein, uh, because the burden of COVID has been so high uh, locally, uh, places like uh, ThetaCare and Shano um, are having a shortage of hospital beds, essentially. Um, there's only, I believe it's 11 to 15% ICU availability for people that are really stricken with COVID right now. So they, I believe it, I believe they only have like five beds left that they can devote to COVID patients. Um, and so that's part of the reason we also need to keep the spread as low as possible. Because right now, if it is bad for you, there aren't many places you can go. Um, it's part of the reason why the uh, the governors opened up a field hospital, and I believe it's called West Alice. Um, but that is um, that is given to patients under very strict criteria. People essentially have to be able to use restroom facilities on their own. Um, if they're older or diabetic, they have to be able to administer insulin to themselves, um, and they can't have any um, supplemental oxygen requirements. So it's basically like a post-acute um, facility. So if you're recovering, not fully recovered yet, then you could go there. Um, and the reason they did that is to, you know, open up beds in those hospitals, um, for the more acute cases. So long winded answer. Yes. It's kind of true right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay. So was there anything else you wanted to leave as a final message? You know, even though um, the curfew is is being lifted, we're asking people to please use their judgment um, as they move about the reservation um, and consider limiting their their interactions with other households um, other than their own so that we can keep COVID as limited as possible on the reservation. We'd really like to make sure that we have as many community members survive this as possible. Thank you, Vaughn. You bet. Thanks for having me back. Why went in for listening to the Nominee Indian Tribal Wisconsin podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can also listen to the podcast on menominee-nsn.gov under the community tab. Keep up to date by following us on Facebook at MITW Podcasts. We do weekly updates with Vaughn and we welcome community questions you have regarding COVID-19. So please send those to us via email at podcast.mitw.org.